Hello and welcome to Get Flush, the world's favourite sanitation podcast. I'm Pete. Last week's episode featured Natalie Desinar in Paris and I've had some really great feedback about the Madame P female-only urinal. As I said in the episode, I think it's really innovative and it's great to see the industry providing solutions geared around the needs of women. And this week's episode is going to continue with the themes of innovation and women in the industry and it's also got a distinctly French flavour. When I spoke to Daryl Veal from Christchurch City Council about wastewater treatment in season one, he explained about the challenges posed by wet wipes. You see, they block the system and they clog up the sewer. Also in that series, Nick Trainer from Global Pacific explained how the woven fabric used to produce wet wipes doesn't dissolve or break down in water. Instead, wet wipes tend to clog together, they attract fat and grease and they create blockages known as fatbergs. In her book Pipe Dreams, Chelsea Wald wrote, What really seems to feed the fatberg monsters most is a relatively new category of products that are labelled flushable. These consist primarily of wet wipes advertised as a toilet paper replacement and they often incorporate plastic or synthetic fibres. The Germans call these pumpenkillers or pump killers or pumpenverger, pump stranglers. While they're flushable in the literal sense that they will go down the pipes, Tests that simulate conditions in toilets and sewers show that they do not disintegrate once flushed. Of course, manufacturers using their own tests tend to dispute this. Although the perils of wet wipes are well documented, they are very, very popular. In 2018 alone, the global wet wipe market was valued at $16.6 billion. And I think that's because they really do help to clean the bottom very nicely compared to dry paper. Of course, in some cultures around the world, dry toilet paper is not used. Instead, people prefer to wash down after they do their business. I remember passing through airports in Asia and the Middle East and seeing bathrooms that had both a WC and a bidet, or they had a wet floor and a shower nozzle next to the toilet, so that you could rinse off and wash down. But what are the options if you do not have access to facilities for washing and you don't want to flush wet wipes? Well, the obvious answer for restroom operators is to provide a sanitary bin that the wet wipes can go in after they've been used. Those were really common in Greece as far back as the 1980s. You weren't allowed to flush toilet paper, let alone wet wipes, and you put your used paper in a lined bin beside the toilet. Sadly, my experience as a restroom operator tells me that you generally can't trust many people to follow even those simple rules. An alternative answer comes from this week's guest, Billy Joe Hoheparapiha, the founder of New Zealand-based company B-Day. You see, Billy Joe has developed a foam wash that turns ordinary toilet paper into a cleansing hygienic wipe. You pump the natural foam formula onto your toilet paper, wipe and flush it down the loo. Sounds good, right? Well, I thought so, and I arranged to meet Billy Joe at the B-Day headquarters in Auckland. Unfortunately, New Zealand has been put into a national lockdown because we've had an outbreak of COVID Delta, and that meant that I haven't been able to travel to Auckland as planned. However, I was able to record this episode over the phone. Billy Joe, kia ora, and welcome to Get Flushed. Kia ora, Peter. Thank you so much for having me on your amazing show. About <laughs> Don't lay on too thick. <laughs> But really, you know, you don't you don't meet a lot of people who actually want to talk about potty subjects. So it's great. No, you don't. And you know, I said at the end of last week's show, it was brilliant talking with Natalie. We talked about female toilet use, and nobody was embarrassed. 
And that was, yeah, it was a great podcast. Amazing innovation. I love how more women are actually solving problems in the bathroom. But you really think about it. We know the pain. We're the ones that, you know, mostly clean and know every inch of the toilet. It's our area. (laughs) It is. And it really makes sense for women to be taking the lead in the design and the development of those products. And the reason why I got in touch with you was because you're in that sphere of the industry as well. You've got some really innovative products and a great story. And I'm hoping that we can tell that today through the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So we sort of not really fell into it, but my dad, Thomas Horhepper, came up with the idea of what is now called the Kiwi Lifter, the hands-free hygienic toilet seat lifter. And he, at the time we were making it, he had created it or prototyped 25 years ago. So it was like mid-90s. And it was really out of my mum complaining to him for leaving the toilet seat up all the time. And it was something that he absolutely hated, you know, touching the toilet seat. So he went out into his trusty shed and made up a prototype, which was basically two rods. And it's so funny, I've got it here. I'm so proud of it. That's such a Kiwi story. It is. Number eight, wire ingenuity. Oh, there's a problem there. I'm going to solve that. And it literally looks like two pieces of wire, well, two pieces of rod that's curled together, the two rods, and he then screwed it to the lid and this mechanism worked for like 25 years when i said dad let's make it it was still in his bathroom working the original one the original one the one and i've got it in my head now it's just it's it's brilliant so i said well we can't be selling two rods linked together we kind of need a design and that's when we got on that industrial design journey and then into manufacturing tell me how do you even start that journey you've got an idea you've proven it over a number of years in concept and and in practice with a homemade version how do you then take that to an industrial designer i know so i was about 16 at the time and i'd watch people come through they would try the kiwi lift that come out and go tom this is brilliant and then they would have this discussion of how they could get it made or how do you get it made and then, and then selling it and I saw you know those conversations over years and no one could actually think of how do we get it made manufactured it was like a void it's not the sort of thing that me and you do every day no not at all no and so for us really the catalyst in building it was me going back to school and I I did my MBA. What it taught me was every facet about business. It showed me that anything's capable of doing anything in business. It's just reaching out, doing your research and having a plan. Anything I do, I'll write up a plan first and go, okay, well, let's work this out. What does the end journey look like? And then kind of work your way back. And that's what it taught me. When I decided to make his prototype into a product that we could sell, sort of had those building bricks in place. It was just then how do we connect with the right people in order to design it and manufacture. And because I had my background in journalism, that was my, you know, I could research the heck out of anything, you know what I mean? That's, that's actually my one of my passions. So it wasn't easy. It was just you have to keep knocking on doors and talking to a lot of a lot of people until you get there. 
Did you get that made in New Zealand then, Bertie? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm really proud of. Every part of the Kiwi lifter mechanism is made here in Aotearoa. We had to fit it to a toilet seat. So we don't make toilet seats here, so we got them imported from China. But the actual mechanism itself is, yeah, it's made here. Yeah, it's really hard to find toilet seats in New Zealand. I know when I worked for the other provider, they used black seats in their toilets. And if you couldn't get any from the toilet cabin manufacturers, virtually impossible to find a black coloured toilet seat in New Zealand. Even white, we've pretty much all made overseas. So Kiwi Lifter, then you, you managed to get a manufacturer on board to develop it. And then are you selling that through stores or online or have you got your own channels? Yes, so we're selling it online, so kiwi, k-i-w-e-e.co.nz, but we've also launched it on our second product line, my website there, which is b-d-e-t.com. Well, what had happened was we had a slight hiccup in the design that I needed to find a solution to. So it was probably going to take about six weeks. And for me, thinking of time is money. Well, what can we do in the meantime? And I'd been working in the background on our other product line, which is called B-Day. So it was B-Day Foam Wash. B-Day Foam Wash is a natural foam that pumps onto toilet paper and turns it into a cleansing hygienic wipe. Again, that's such a clever idea. I know. I put in the preamble that lots of cultures around the world use bidets or taps and hoses in toilets. They don't use paper. When I first found out about your product and then I, I looked at it online, the benefits of that are just massive, aren't they? Well, you think about it. Paper is dry, scratchy, and depending on what's going down there, which people don't you know, talk about a lot, but actually there's a lot going on. There's many ailments and illnesses and parts of the skin down there that don't you know it's not smooth Pete so having something uh, like a surfactant but I'd say our product is more superior than that because it's a foam soft it's gentle you don't get that dryness and it absolutely cleans it cleans better than an actual bidet so with a bidet, you're all wet, so you need a towel. You need to dry yourself because we know when toilet paper touches water, it's just... It it's, just dissolves. It dissolves, and that's why it is the perfect invention. That was one of my first questions about your foam wash, was how does it react with the toilet paper, and is the toilet paper strong enough or long enough for the foam to be used without it just turning into a gungy mess? Well, that's right. It doesn't turn into a gungy mesh because the foam is like bubbles, right? So it just sits on top. You're not there long anyway, but I've had one of the distributors for Quilton basically pull out all his different product range that they had. And we pumped all the bidet foam onto the different toilet papers and, you know, three-ply, one-ply. Um, and we sat there and I said, we'll sit there all day. It will not break down. It will not be hard. That's really good. Toilet paper companies should be loving me. They should be, like, knocking on my door because you actually use a bit more. Well, it's more efficient, you see, so you actually use more toilet paper. And has that been the case? Are they knocking on your door? No, Peter, they bought it. I've even asked them, look, we'll have a coffee, we'll catch up, let's have a talk. You and me, you, toilet paper, me, B-Day, we're like soulmates. No, crickets, crickets, Peter. Well, no, you'd think they would be because you're complementing their product. You're not replacing it. That's right. 
you think you know it's like wearing shoes without socks you just yeah. it just doesn't happen right so no no one's talking to me they're all in their ivory towers on Carlton Road <laughs> the world works in mysterious ways I mean I, they know about me they've bought my product if you can get this into something like Madame P you up the game again don't you but you come at it from a different angle Oh, I think we absolutely complement Portaloos. Yeah. We get a lot of festivals. Festivals are three days. And not usually lots of shower facilities and, you know, people go a bit grungy over the three days at a big festival. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And beauty about our product at Miss Formula, well, the beauty about having executed R&D over an 18-year period you know intimately what works and what doesn't. Hence, I know there's another product that's come out and it's a spray. And I go, oh, yeah, no, no. Yes, it's going to wet the toilet paper, but again, it's that same whole idea around crumbling. It's, it's just damp, basically, and we know that. When I was looking at that time, I was thinking, oh, okay, well, what's out there, you know? There's a UK product and there's a product on Amazon in the U.S., I don't see it as competition because there's a lot of bums. It's a huge market. There's no threat. For me, it was who knows about putting something on toilet paper because it's not known. So I was looking to go, well, who's out there thinking the same as I am, but also who are your customers? Who are you targeting um, to get them on board? Because it, it takes a lot of education when you've got an unknown behaviour. And, you know, they don't like change too much. No, people are very, very fixed in their ways, especially when it comes to bathroom habits. Absolutely. I mean, if you like the roll over or under, you will always turn it around. <laughs> I'm an over. <laughs> you better be. Otherwise, we will cut this interview right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right that any change people react to in a funny way and it takes a long time. Like I, I imagine that Natalie's going through this with Madame P, that it's such a different way of ladies using the toilet. And I didn't ask the question, but one of my friends said to me, well, what happens if a lady does a number two in the Madame P? So, hang on a minute, can't we trust people to actually realise it's a urinal? We're not all five years old, are we? You, people can see it's a urinal. Blokes don't do that. Male urinals have been around for a really long time. But she is right, because it, when it gets dark... I didn't see any lights in there. When it does get dark, they would assume it was a toilet. Yeah, possibly. And it's mostly alcohol at those places. So, again, the education, it's only for, you know, number one. But over here, the curry didn't go down well or whatever, you're over here. But how do you tell people when it's a concert or a festival and there's alcohol involved? It's just that education. Yeah. I love the colour and it does stand out. I think we absolutely need them here. I love the fact that you put the toilet paper or the sanitary requirements in that bin. Yeah, that was really clever. There's no mess inside the cabin. It goes out the back. The service crew can clean it away without having to go into the cabin. Yeah. But I've done festivals where we've had to shut off a line of toilets to service them during the event and nearly provoked a riot because people were desperate to use the bathrooms. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you jokers have shut off 20 toilets. What's going on? <laughs> Not an ideal option, not at all. <laughs> no, especially for the women, you know, it's just 
So in terms of the mechanics then, is B-Day foam available in a dispenser that would mount on the wall of a plastic portable toilet? Yes. Like a soap dispenser or a sanitizer dispenser? Yep, just like that. It'll just go on the wall and come out as a foam. The beautiful thing about our formula is it dries. So when you put it on toilet paper and then you wipe your bum, you don't need water, right? That's put in. The same goes for your body. So we have a lot of people using it to wipe down any sweat or wipe down their armpits, wipe down their body, clean themselves with our product because it pretty much dries and there's no kind of sticky feeling like a, a soap or a foam soap would. So it evaporates off. Yeah, it's like a multi-purpose. But why we, we just concentrated on one area is because we didn't want the messages mixed up. It really needed to be concentrated around. It goes on toilet tissue, toilet paper. And so because it's been dermatologically tested, it's really gentle. You could use it on babies through to elderly. And we have a lot of uh, our beautiful elderly customers who use it and find it's so gentle, better than wet wipes. They, they feel good. They're not flushing down wet wipes down our pipes and blocking up and making big old fat bergs. And That's a major gain for the wastewater infrastructure. That's just a huge advantage. Yeah, and so we're making waves here. We've got our dispensers at the Mangere water care site where they're building the tunnel from Mangere through to Western Springs. And so we're just trialing our dispensers and yeah, it's going great. I fill them up and then they're empty. I imagine it's one of those products that once you've tried it, you convert it really quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just getting over that initial reluctance or that unfamiliarity that, oh, what's this? I've never tried it. Yes. Because when I thought about launching the product, you know, I said to my family, I said, oh, you know, Kiwis, they're quite set in their ways something new. It'll take a lot of money in terms of education and marketing to get them on board. Wait, let's just pack up and move to France, move to Paris and we'll launch it there. And we all kind of stopped and went, you know what, you're right, but we can't. <laughs> you know, even Australia, we're thinking, because it's hot and sweaty and sticky over there, I thought we could, you know, convince more people. But it turns out Kiwis do get it. That's awesome. I thought I would have been going to farmers markets for a good two years, but what we found was actually the supermarket buyers got it. Listeners overseas won't know that there are only two supermarket chains in New Zealand, so if you can crack at least one of those, then you've got 50% of the market, haven't you? That's right, and it's really hard. I mean, even people in the US and, and UK know it's tough. It's tough to get on to retail shelves. Definitely, yeah. That's why so many products just stay online. But it was really important to me to get into supermarkets because that's where really the validation for your product comes from. They scrutinize all your ingredients. They look at everything. So when we were allowed on the shelves, I was proud of myself. I think you should be. It's almost a story that you'd see on Shark Tank or Dragon's Den. Someone's got this innovation and then they need some help to get to market. But you've done that. You've actually taken the product out there and it is on the shelves in the supermarket. Yes, yes. When you're starting out, you don't want to hear no's for a good reason. But what you quickly learn when you're on the shelves is that when you're a new product and new behavior, people don't know what you do. And it takes a lot of money to tell a lot of people what you do. 
we're not a core product. When you're a core product, you're taken into DC and they'll distribute it to most of their stores and stacks when you can spend half a million dollars. But when you're only in a few selected stores, it's a bit tough to spend that amount of money and um, or even find that amount of money. But we're getting there. You know, we're getting some great partners on side. I can't reveal, but um, the next kind of two months is really exciting for us. I was saying to someone, boy, these days need to be 36 hours or, or 48 hours because it's not enough hours in the day. Because when you are every department of your company, you know, that's what happens. And people go, oh, no, you're supposed to get into debt. And then you hire people. And I'm like, ah, you know. And you know with business that everything goes back into it. But you know what? I I love it. I love it. Can I ask, where are you manufacturing the product itself? In Auckland. And I've got third-party manufacturer. So that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? That you've not got to invest in the infrastructure of a laboratory or a kitchen. I, I don't know what the word would be. But you're not having to mix and develop batches at home or in your premises. No, that's right. And we've kept it quite lean in terms of our business model. So I'm really uh, concentrating on the selling and and opening up those channels. And so we are very much going for the commercial market. We've found, you know, supermarkets, it's really tough. Doggy dog world, yes, you've got an innovation and they talk about all these sustainability plans and they pull them out and we're going to be this by 2025. And yet... Here we are, you know, we could be a game changer in the space and there's nothing, it's like crickets. They don't, they won't give us space to advertise, even online. It's like, oh no, sorry, Billy, you're too small. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So even if you bring out a good innovation and they spout innovation here, then everywhere, you're still on your own, you know, there's no help. My show is primarily focused towards the portable restroom industry. And I've said many times on the show that all of the operators are basically offering the same products. They might have different colored cabins and some might have flush toilets and some might have open tank toilets, but they're all essentially doing the same thing. And it's the ones who can differentiate and find the small margins which will offer the better service. And that can be either their toilets are cleaned more regularly or cleaned more thoroughly or they could do things like put in B-Day foam wash, which actually changes the game, certainly for the female users. But hey, I'll be using it. It's such an improvement over a dry toilet paper. Absolutely. And the great thing about it is if you are advertising that and getting on board about, you know, with the education, you won't be getting wet wipes into your portaloos, which where do they go? Straight to our wastewater treatment plant. Yeah, straight down the pipe, yeah, yeah, they do, and cause problems down the line. So if you can use it on other parts of the body, if a, a B-Day dispenser was in the cabin to use on your bottom, could you also wash your hands with it or, or clean your hands with it afterwards? There we go, absolutely. Yes, you can, and I have it here. Actually, you can even wash your hair with it. It's brilliant. So there's an easy win for restroom operators because they don't have to actually change anything. Yeah. If you can make the bag fit their current dispensers, or I know a lot of the people I know in the industry over the last year since COVID have started to use refillable dispensers because the sachets of sanitizer were being stolen as fast as they were putting them into the toilets. You can replace that product because you wouldn't want to use your normal gel sanitizer to clean your bottom. You really wouldn't. It oh, no, 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 no. But you could replace that as a hand wash and, and a foaming wash to use downstairs at the same time. 
Absolutely. I mean, you, this is how I tell people. Pump it onto toilet paper, wipe down the seat. And they're like, really? Yes, wipe down the seat. That would appeal to a lot of women because one of the habits that you see women do in toilets is to line the seat with paper. Sit down, wipe front and back. So yes, great for ladies and men too, front and back. And then you can pump it onto your hands and wash it. You just need a little bit of water. That conversation about men wiping front is a really interesting one because, believe me, blokes need to do that. It's not discussed ever. I've not ever had that conversation with anyone in the restroom industry, but gentlemen do need to wipe down. You should wipe down front and back, especially like if you've been three times a day. Yeah. Yep, you do number twos or whatever. You know, third one, give them a, a wash. And our product is perfect for that. It's 5.5 to 5.7 pH. It's so gentle. So I've also got IP on a triangle toilet roll. Tell me more. You're supposed to say, why? Why, Billy? Why triangle, Billy? <laughs> so, as you know, Round is very efficient at dispensing quite a lot of toilet paper. You pull it and it rolls and comes off in yards. Then when you've got little ones, they like to roll and roll and roll it. So why I designed the triangle shape was to slow the roll, put a bit of drag on it. So it's folded around a cardboard triangle instead of a round core. Yes, yes. So it clunk, clunk, clunks. So when you pull it. Clever. Yeah. So it clunks on the spindle. Yes. So it fits all spindles, the same as, as it's round, and it clunks along. I made the prototype and I put it into my bathroom and then my son used it and he came down complaining. He said, Mum, what's wrong with the toilet roll? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, it doesn't come off fast enough. And I went, genius, it works. <laughs> you cracked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the great thing is it looks beautiful too, but actually it has another purpose in that it's, It'll save space in terms of logistics. So when you're packing it up and when you're transporting it, it's smaller. Well, you think, you know, you just draw a circle and then put a triangle in it. Look at all that dead space. Is the roll like a round triangle by the time you've wrapped 500 sheets of toilet paper on? Does it come out as a triangle still? Yeah, it just has rounded corners, but it's a triangle. That's actually really clever. You're telling me and I'm thinking, why has nobody done that before? I know. And they, they hadn't. So when I looked at getting the paper, I thought, oh, I'll just, get, you know, I'll just get it. And then when I looked at it, there wasn't anything. And so I got my lawyers to, to do a search. And there was a patent from a man in Japan. When we read the reasons why he created a triangle toilet roll shape was so that it could sit on top of cafe tables and restaurants. You know how they use a lot of um, serviettes and not roll around I suppose changing the shape so that it didn't look like toilet paper, even though toilet paper is a lot cheaper than your your napkins or your tissue. And that's all we had. The purpose was to sit on top of the table. Yeah. Now, at the time I was looking and wanting to get a, a patent for it, it was 16 years. He'd, he'd um, submitted it 16 years ago. And so, as you know, for, um, patents only last 15 years and then anyone can make it. So when they searched, the man hadn't made it and no one else in the world had created a triangle toilet roll. So in two, two months, I had it registered. 
now we're getting it um, patented in the UK and the US. Do you want to mention that on the show or is it still um, are you protecting your IP? No, I would, I would love to talk to someone who would love to make it. My worry would be that if you're vulnerable legally and they steal your idea and leave you standing for dead. I've been trying to sell it, but honestly, I'm getting to the point where time is ticking and so I feel like I need to make everything that I create, right? You just want to get it made, yeah. I don't want to put the episode out and then you get done over and then you say, Pete, you've stitched me up. <laughs> no, we're fine. As long as you're sure, I, I don't want to jeopardise anything you've got in the pipeline. So I, I think that's an incredibly clever idea. Oh, thank you. Peter, we're going to sell this. Funny things happen, but um, I don't want to make it. I think you've got a really cool attitude there that you've got to collaborate with people. You can't go through life trying to do everything yourself. And you can't go through life trying to fight everyone. And sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and, and join forces and collaborate with like-minded people to get things done. The payoff there is well worth the risk, albeit there is potential that you do get left behind. That's it. Like I am for collaboration. I would love to share this. Like I would love to say, I'd, I'd just happily take a royalty. I mean, that's my big goal for this. You wait. In two years' time, we'll talk about the next one, which is in the bathroom, and it's just going to blow your mind. I still can't believe they haven't made it, just like the triangle toilet roll, but that's something else. People talk about finding game-changing inventions, but these things are right in front of you. I know. Except people just haven't... You know, it's like the female urinal. For, for over 50, 60 years, people have been producing portable toilets, but no one until Madame P had produced a working usable, attractive-looking female urinal. Like, why not? No. There's a lot more in that space, and it's so exciting. And that's why it was so cool to hear that you, you've got a podcast, because I was like, wow, I knew, see, I knew it was, it, it is interesting. It is interesting, and I'm meeting more and more people like yourself who are really passionate and creative and innovative and are challenging the norms, that they're changing the way that we use the bathroom. It's brilliant, honestly. I'm I'm blown away that you've done all of this. What's next for B-Day? You've managed to get into the New Zealand market. You're pushing hard to get into overseas markets, and you've got other products on the horizon. Where do you go from here? We really want to dominate the New Zealand market. We want to do well here. Of course, you know, there's a woman at the helm, so we can multitask. We are at overseas opportunities and we would love to collaborate and it's like you traveling around you know you said you didn't have many friends or family in the north it's kind of the same in business too you've got to find your tribe so if we're going to go into a, a new country we want to find our tribe so if anybody you know any company wants to have a court at all, have a talk about what that collaboration could look like because guess what? I'm in a bit of a hurry. I've got to eliminate a trillion wet wipes by 2025, Pete. I think you're going to do it, Billy. I'm convinced. Is there anything else you want to tell Get Flush listeners about B-Day or Kiwi, the toilet seat lifter, or anything else that you're doing that you'd like listeners to know? Yeah. For us, we want to connect with businesses that want to solve that problem or want to, you know, a lot of the times people don't know who's using wet wipes and who aren't. Um, the great thing about our product too is 
people don't use wet wipes, then they discover actually it's a better way to wipe. You know, you are more hygienically clean and people don't realize that, you know, um, there's a lot of bugs and bacteria that happens down there. And if you're just uh, more cleaner, then you're more healthier. You haven't talked about your flavors and fragrances. You've got an especially New Zealand take on that. When I set out to create our formula, it was really important for me to have a number of distinct characters for the formula. So it needed to, you know, be gentle, natural as possible, and um, it needed to smell good. Um, so I love perfumes. I love things that smell nice. And because it's an area that isn't so nice, we kind of, you know, I wanted to use the best products in it. So um, I engaged with a perfumist and um, he's from France. And so he sent a number of um, different samples based on what I was looking for. And we created our two signature scents, which is Pico Pico, which is the native New Zealand silver fern, which is our logo of New Zealand. And the other fragrance is the Newa Newa, which um, in te reo Māori means to make soft. And that's what I suppose our product does. But it was really important for us to use the best ingredients. And so we've import um, these perfumes from France and they're 100% natural. How do you even find a perfume of it? Oh, that's just it. It's like a maze. You don't know where you're going, but you just keep talking and connecting with people. It was definitely on my radar. I wanted, I wanted it natural. I wanted something bespoke. But of course, when you go bespoke, it costs. But I want to know that I've got the very best of my product. The great thing about creating whatever it is you create, it's you are guided by whatever your values are or what makes your heart sing. And that is why I stand 100% behind my product because, yeah, you do have to kind of, it's like a minefield. You know, you do have to work your way to find these people in the industry because not a lot of people will openly help you either. You know, you really have to hunt and find. They're not going to tell you, especially people you are in the same business, they're not going to give you their suppliers. That's what I found. So you kind of just go through doors. What, what, how I describe it is, you know, you try the front door, you try the back door, and then you get a no, no, no. So you smash through the ceiling or you just go through the floorboards. And that's what I've had to do. Good on you for having the perseverance to keep going. People ask me, oh, is Pete your real name? And I say, yeah, it is, but I use Get Flush because my, my kids just would die of embarrassment if they were identified as, oh, your dad's that toilet guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Hey, well, at least you don't get, every time I, you know, go to the toilet, I think of you. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm wiping my ass, I think, yeah, how about that? So my, my kids had to get over that, you know, like, oh, yeah. Oh, there's the ass cream lady. And I'm like, yes, that's right. Clean ass is a good ass. <laughs> Such is the burden we carry. Oh. Yeah. Funny, there's a lot of things you don't talk about in that place. But once again, we've knocked the ball out of the park. We've had a conversation about male and female toilet habits without any embarrassment or 
any crassness or you know uh, some humor because you can't talk about toilets without there being humor no it was a conscious decision as well and i use my beautiful niece or my cousin as the model right because everyone's going to think okay a you know a product for your bum or the you know the front parts there's either comedy about it or they dumb it down or it looks very clinical i wanted to make it beautiful i wanted our brand to be associated with nature and that it's beautiful and that actually going to the toilet is a great thing and being fresh and clean so you know i wanted to use her face to say this is our brand we're about people it's a beautiful thing we don't have to be embarrassed by talking about i really wanted to give it that respect it deserves because as you age and as we know things happen down there and it's really embarrassing and i've got a lot of customers who just absolutely thank me for producing this product because they live basically like their own kind of lockdown prison too afraid to even leave their homes just in they need to go to the toilet like it's it's real my mum suffered with Crohn's disease and a product like yours would have helped her so much and there wasn't a product like this available and that's why it was really specific around the ingredients that went in and you'll see there's only seven ingredients there's two but they're, they're minute in there in the perfume and it, it really is around just being as basic as you can because you don't want any stinging you're right. If you don't have any problems down there, you will not know. But if you do, then that suffering is, it's debilitating. Yeah, it really is. It's really important for us. And that's why I, I see our product being a vehicle for having those open conversations to say, look, you know, if there's bleeding down there, if it doesn't look right, you know, if it's a certain color and it shouldn't be, maybe have a look something's going on and it's okay to go to the doctor you know don't be embarrassed actually there's a lot more people that that suffer from this so that's really the for us that's where we want to go and really open up those conversations to make it okay to talk about what so if people are listening in and they'd like to get in touch with you to explore collaborations or order the products what's the best way for them to do that billy you can get us through our website, which is b-det.com or info at b-det.com. I've really loved talking to you. You're one of those people I think I could be here all afternoon just talking with you about toilets and business and everything else. Thank you so much, Pete. Love your show. Oh, thank you. I really do appreciate you taking time out of a busy schedule and I'll let you get back to your children and the whanau and everything else. I really enjoyed talking with Billy Joe. She's got a couple of amazing products that are already on the market and she's looking to expand her reach. If you'd like to get in touch, I've put a link to her website and her email address in the notes for today's show. And I know that she'd love to talk to anybody who's able to help her continue that journey. If you'd like to support Get Flushed, please visit our homepage, getflushed.online and click on the donate button or sign up as a patron at patreon.com getflushed. A small monthly donation will give you early access to every episode and bonus material that's not available anywhere else. 
And this week, I've been working on a PDF with clickable links that will take you to every guest in every episode that we've released so far. I've also scheduled a couple of meetings of the sanitation conversation on Clubhouse. Again, I'll put a link in the notes for today's show. And Billy Joe said that she'll come along and take part in those conversations too. Remember to get in touch if you need an invitation and please join us in Clubhouse. Clubhouse is available now on Android as well as iOS, so you've really got no excuse for joining in. Once again, thank you for your time. I'm Pete and you've been listening to Get Flushed, the world's favourite sanitation podcast.